0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, sponsored by SoundRink. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Jabberjaw
1: Media is a podcast network helping independent and like-minded shows grow to their potential. For more shows like this one, go to JabberjawMedia.com. The Jabberjaw Network is sponsored by SoundRink, an experience company. Please visit SoundRink for more information. (laughs) Greetings and salutations, my fire metal fans. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Brought to you this week by King's Road. Uh, if you haven't awesome. checked out Kings Road merch uh, the, You need to check them out Because they run stores For some of the biggest bands And some of the stuff That you really want to buy Like Opeth And Watain And Converge And Behemoth And Emperor And Sodom And Tribulation A lot of those bands Were on all those Top 15 lists, man They do stuff from Vinyl, banners Pins, t-shirts Hoodies And so much more So check out Kingsroadmerch.com Slash metal And pick up some merch From uh, one of your Favorite bands today Also brought oh, to you yeah. By uh, Creative Live Of course, you know One of our fine sponsors For for a very long time. Check out our friends over Thank at Creative Live. Uh They've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, taught by artists like Between the Bear and Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, and CreativeLive.com slash audio to learn more and watch some free previews. Do it. Do it now.
2: Do it. it keep working with us because fans of the podcast go to creative live and thank you those of you who are going and going back to creative live because you're seeing how great these classes are and and of course you know thank you for telling them that we sent you you know so that's that's very groovy join join join, join.
1: Hey, make sure that you are following us on itunes uh, wherever you get your podcast stitcher you know it doesn't matter wherever you get it just search metal sex podcast you will find it leave us a review Maybe a couple of stars. Tell us how much we suck. We would appreciate that. You can also find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape.
2: I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook.
1: And, uh, of course, you can uh, support us as well at Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless. Feel free to uh, support us. Thank you to all of our early adopters. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Chuck and Godless. We're working on some... Yep.
2: Awesome stuff, thanks to our Patreon uh, supporters. Awesome uh, stuff coming. And
1: I think we're going to restructure some of those stretch goals a little bit to make them a little more interesting. I don't know what yet. Um, On one of my other ones, I'm offering your pieces of my beard i don't know if i'm going to do that on this one because we might actually get there so yeah the, 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 i'm not shaving this thing off for the podcast god damn it there's no fucking way
2: i shave my pubes on the regular i mean maybe i could do that no just give that away oh
1: well if you find somebody who wants those uh i want to meet that person i really do and not shake their hand i know that for sure
0: yeah
1: you know what? I I do not want to meet the people who <laughs> get their hands on my pubes. Uh, well, you can find anything on the internet these days. I
2: don't want know. to put my hands on my pubes. That's why I shave my <laughs>
1: pubes. Uh, nice. Hey, this episode, man, Between the Barry and Me, dude, Tommy Rogers from Between the Barry and Me is our guest, and uh, cannot wait. We've talked to Dan before, and he was awesome. Uh, and you know, of course, Paul contributes to the to Metal Sucks every week with uh, his uh, his football knowledge. But Tommy, uh, you know, he's the lyricist. He's the, he's got a different essence. Uh, and we wanted to talk to him as one of our final ones for 2015 because they, you know, they were on my top 15. But were they
2: on your list? They were not, but they were definitely oh, in my top you're ter- 20. You're man. a terrible person. Com- Coma Ecliptic is an amazing record. I mean, it's so good. And to me. This phase of Between the Buried and Me is the most interesting phase of Between the Buried and Me. Everything that's happened up to now to me feels like just getting to now, you know? I've been a fan for a long time, since, uh, since Alaska. I, I didn't get
1: in the first record, I got in the second one. And, um, I've, I've, I've held in with the changes, man. You know, like, it, it's so funny because a lot of people talk about, oh, they're so different now than they used to be. And I'm like, actually, not, not, not so much. You know, not, they really are, they they've progressed. They've grown. They've gotten deeper and and more formulated songwriting and different things. But really, it still feels like the same band, especially when you see them live and all that. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a pleasure to talk to Tommy in this episode. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna hear something new from Obscura in this episode as well. And, uh, and what were we talking about before we started recording? Oh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about Jeff Hanneman's guitars before we got going.
2: Right, dude. Yeah, dude. What what were you asking me about that? It was uh, what? I mean it was just that all right, so so apparently Jeff Hanneman's uh uh like former spouse, I guess, or ex girlfriend. I don't know what her relation, what widow is that what the, what was the relationship exactly? Was she married or formerly married? Uh,
1: I, can't, I can't
0: remember. D- d- don't anyway, give, don't maybe she got, give you she, got her,
1: she got her hands I think on his widow. I think they are still married. So I think were she, they? Okay. She, yeah, she's his
2: widow, yeah. Yeah, Catherine, she had the key. Right? Yeah. She had the key to the locker. Whatever happened, right? So she got a hold of his guitars. And you know like any good widow she's like I want to like live you know live closer to the beach so she decided no, to she sell didn't. the guitars. No she put oh, them up for on. auction she put them up
1: for for auction for charity actually for the wounded warriors project is what she did. Really? Uh, yeah Well yeah, wait, yeah, wait a yeah, minute
2: yeah. wait a minute is that is that like all the money going to the wounded warriors or like well, a, a I don't know of that the for, I don't know
1: that for a fucking fact. I couldn't tell you that like all every dime is going there but but it says it's up for charity for the Dude. wounded warriors project and that's where the money from the auction
2: was going. If a portion of the proceeds, I would be interested in how big that portion is. (laughs) Well, I'm... But dude... who would have thunk it that the person who gets a hold of this thing is not like some, you know, uh, coding geek who's making 600k a year. It's not like some uh uh you know, so, some other musician in some other band who's made a boatload. It, it's it's the dude from Broken Hope. Not yet anyway.
1: Give it time, man. Uh you know, at some point he this will be like flip my guitar or something. It's you know, so it, it, he'll hold on to him for a couple of things. Maybe do a record with him, and then like, hey, by the way, I sold these to blah 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 record producer that bought them for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece or some shit. You know, it'll be crazy yeah, like that. Yeah, who
2: would have thunk it? You know, like I, you said he was he paid like something like seventeen k. per? No,
1: like, um, I think what it was was that he had he had spoke to I think he spoke to her like separately according to what I read. Like it oh. had talked to her about it, and like she wanted to make sure that they were going to get used and not just sit in a vault or some shit like that. And um, the original posting for the auction, were each one was priced at like twelve thousand a piece, right? And that is a lot of money. So where the fuck does Broken yeah. Hope get that kind
2: of money? Yeah, because it's seven guitars at twelve k. That's ninety four thousand dollars. This guy's got, and and maybe he doesn't have the cash, but at least he's got the credit, right? To, yeah, maybe. To- did I do it. Oh no, eighty-four k. Sorry, eighty-four k. But that's still that's a chunk of freaking change. You know, that's that's you know more than a lot of people might w- earn over two years. You know, yeah. in the states. Uh, Before taxes. So, how does the dude who wrote Swamped and Gore (laughs) come up with 84K? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so, I mean, it's one thing if
1: the dude from, if one of the guys from uh, another huge band, just even somebody like, maybe somebody B level, like say, I don't know, when I'm thinking of like hearing what Chuck Billy was talking about when he had to still work while they were still playing on the road up until like, you know, just a couple of years ago because they could, you know, he had to, to afford to live i was like how does that's testament right this is broken hope you know bro, yeah. how how the fuck does Broken Hope have that kind of like they never sold as many records as as these uh, any of these other bands? There's no way. So I mean, no. there's no way he's got like this residual royalty pot that he's pulling from, and he's got all this money or something. But I wonder if it's like looking at it uh, seriously, like looking at this as as an investment. Like that, I'm gonna, that I'm gonna, would I wanna, be the smart move. You know, I'm spending a hundred thousand on this now, and I can resell this for half a million in ten years. And he probably could. And he exactly he he probably could pull that off because you know for yeah. charity it's great okay that's great and he could probably give him like a little piece of it or something like that but but you know dude yeah i think i think he could actually pull off a pull off a flip this guitar.
2: Well, you know how like uh, you know most Slayer fans kind of like fall into two camps. There's us Slayer fans who like can't wait for whatever recording comes out next is going to be Slayer it's, that's fine, that's good. And then there's the camp of Slayer fans who are like it all ended, you know, back after seasons in the abyss and that's yeah, and yeah, I yeah. don't want to hear another note. This guy is going to be, like, definitely in the latter camp, like, big time, because the longer Slayer go without recording an album, the more in value those guitars go up for them. That That, you know... That's He's, like, the worst Slayer fan in the world now, you know, because he's the one cheering for, like, nothing new from Slayer. You know, he, he wants them to stop touring, and he will financially benefit from that. If you that
1: know what, happens. though? I, I really don't believe that, actually. I mean, we're talking about Jeff Hanneman's fucking guitars. So there's never going to be another any more output ever from Jeff Hanneman, ever. So, I mean... It's, yeah,
2: but he's part of the Slayer brand, you know. Well, he is part and, of the Slayer then, brand,
1: but I mean that legend, that legend died with Jeff Hanneman, no matter what. I mean, you can play his music and you can put the banner up behind Slayer all the time, but it's still not him. And the fact dude, that these when, are these the guitars were Played on stage, written songs with all part of the the you know, on what I loved was Travis Ryan's post on Facebook was that I had the poster of with him holding this guitar on my wall as a kid. You know that kind of shit. That's the kind of shit that will make those legendary. As time goes on, so I don't think yeah. that them playing and making music is going to make any difference because because old Slayer fans are going to be old Slayer fans, and the older they get, the richer they get. Well, some of them anyway. But uh, the
2: Slayer when the Slayer tide raising raises that uh, Jeff Hanneman uh, body floating in the water. That's that's how that works, <laughs> Wait, you know. What, what? I, okay. No, the rising tide raises the boat, you, you know. Go, so yeah. as soon as like yeah, so when 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 the Slayer goes away and everybody is like missing Slayer because now they've gone away, then that's when Jeff Hanneman's Shit goes up in value. Mm, yeah, okay, I could see that a little bit, but I mean, it
1: it it is probably just a good investment to have that stuff sitting around, and it would it would. It's a smart move. Yeah, it would have sucked also to see that kind of get broken up and split up into a bunch of different shit. So, uh, bravo to. Is uh, yeah, that a wh- pun? And you didn't intend it. What? No the bur- the broken broken up broken no. <laughs> broken up broken oh, hope. All right, I'm but,
2: but still, the question. Remember when we talked to Glenn Benton after he tossed uh, Broken Hope off the tour? Uh That uh, they were doing oh, together, yeah, right? And yeah, was, yeah. And we did the interview with him, and he's like, "Yeah, what the hell was up with those guys? They they got this huge bus. They're torn in a bus. We're not making any money out here. How the hell has they got a bus? It's <laughs> freaking stupid." And and you know he was he was great about it, but it's like you know the rest of us were like, jeez, I, I don't know," but what, whatever you know money they had they wants to blown on the on the prevo but now we found out that he didn't blow all his money on the prevo he's got he's got he's loaded man we, we you know what Apparently i he's got my he's got he's got
1: either that or he's got a really good credit score one or the, one or the other he's I, good, you know
2: which is entirely way, possible I, I I want to retract everything I've said. I want to say right now that Broken Hope are like my favorite band <laughs> in the world, and I like Jeremy Wagner a lot. And I would love to have a few minutes of his time to tell him about some of the things that the podcast that you and I are doing. We've got plans for in the future that might require a little bit of investment. Hey,
1: come on, man! You know, have you thought have you thought about laying down a couple of dollars today? Can, can I get Hey, man, can I bum a cigarette off you? Man, come on, come on, do something, man. Hey, uh, so I bought myself a Christmas present, dude. Like, I, 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 I finally got Albert's book. You, oh, I, yeah, I, Choosing Death. I yeah. finally got Choosing Death. Right, and uh, so good. It's granted, you know, when he te- when he hit me on Facebook, he said, "Luckily, there's a lot of pictures, so I'll understand it." So it's he is right. There's a lot of great pictures <laughs> in it. and There's some gr- amazing history of death metal in this thing, and I just started reading it. But what I'm realizing is, is that I'm a blind motherfucker, and I can't. I have like a lot of trouble reading a book nowadays i really do because i mean i read so much shit on my computer i read it on the internet or i have this and it's so hard for me to actually read i need to get better reading glasses to read this stuff but one way to get around that is audible.com uh if you have never checked out audible.com you need to because you can get yourself a free book what 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 yes so they are a sponsor of this week's episode they got over 180,000 audiobooks, uh, spoken word audio products and everything that you can imagine there at audible dot com if you go to audible dot com slash metal you can get yourself a free book courtesy of the metal sucks podcast and also check out all the metal titles that they've got there they got plenty of them dude there's a lot of stuff that's uh, that's going up there that I think you should check out and with you know Star Wars coming there's some uh, cool Star Wars based books Arts. that I'm looking at uh, listening to right now it's one of the things that i okay I love it I I just do. So, you might want to check out Audible. dot com for yourself and uh, see what might float your boat and what you can listen to as well. Get educated in a different way by listening to it instead of having to sit down and read it. If you're going, stuck in traffic, that those are a win win all the way around because you can go right from the Metal Sucks podcast and you go right into Audible. Yeah. The, you know your audiobooks.
2: That's exactly what I was going to say. If you're listening to podcasts already, you know why not like listen to some pretty awesome other stuff books you know and instead of listening to us when you read a book you generally get smarter Yeah, generally generally you know i mean for the most generally. part i don't know yeah the star wars shit ain't
1: gonna do nothing oh come on it made me smarter <laughs> okay maybe it not it just kind of dumbed <laughs> me down a little bit i do have my tickets for force awakens though i'm ready to go Hey, uh, let's get into our interview with uh, Tommy Rogers from uh, Between the Bear. To me, we <laughs> totally. Coma Ecliptic is one of the best records of the year. It really is. It Was on my top fifteen list, even though Godless has no taste whatsoever. Top twenty, top one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Tommy Rogers on the Metal Sucks podcast. What's going on, Tommy? How you doing? It's Chuck and Godless from good, the Metal good. Sucks podcast, brother. Sorry,
3: there was a I get some mix up with times and all that.
1: Oh, it's all good, man. We got, like, 15 different time zones we're working through, man, and El Paso is, like, a weird spot in the world. Like, it's kind of a odd place to be, so.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we ap- apologize for the fact that you have to go through El Paso. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's fine. We're having a good day.
2: Have you seen the crash site of uh, the Ghost Inside? Like, is that like a? has it been marked in any way? Is there like a anything on the side of the highway? Can you report on anything?
3: Not, not that we we know of. We don't personally know those guys. Um, we know a lot of people that are really good friends with them, and it's, it's definitely something that. Is scary as hell, but um, do, where where did it happen? Did it happen in this area?
1: Yeah, it was like right outside of El yeah. Paso. Uh, oh, really? I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize that. Oh, Okay, yeah, I didn't
3: realize that.
2: Are they? Yeah, were they in the hospital right nearby, or you <laughs> yeah, know, right?
3: you stop in I, and say, I, hey, I hey, no, I don't know I, you, I but have no idea.
2: <laughs> does that
1: kind of stuff worry you? Uh, I mean, you guys are road dogs. You tour like crazy, so I mean, do you ever worry about that kind of stuff with everything that's going on? Not just you know crashing a bus, but like you know the stuff that happened in Paris and all that stuff. Does that worry you guys? Yeah,
3: I mean. It, yeah, I mean, it constantly worries and, and I'm a father now, so I mean, it, it definitely, since that, you kind of worry about stuff like that even more, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something I think anybody that travels a lot deals with this, and you know, the, the current attacks in Paris is, you know, it was kind of like, it's a very different situation than what happened with Dimebag, but it, I think when something happens, and it's a scenario that is part of your life every day. Um, you constantly think about it. I mean, I, I definitely think about it every single night you know, since it's happened, and and exact same thing happened with me when the whole Dimebag thing happened. So, yeah, it, it just hits close to home, and it's it's a, it's all scary. You have to kind of you still have to live your life, and yeah, you know try to not let it affect you know what you do well
1: so like after <laughs> after dime you know there's a lot of talk about changing policies this way or doing things different at venues and that kind of thing but yeah really not much changed after that do you think something as large as this might actually we might see some differences happen at least in europe well, maybe
3: the, the problem is you know if, if people are motivated enough you know any security is not going to help unless you have armed guards at the club yeah which is not going to happen and you know not to talk bad on security, but a lot of the security people you meet, you don't want them to be armed, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of the cliche saying that, you know, you can't, you can't stop crazy. You know, if people go in somewhere with guns and want to do harm, there's not going to be much to stop that unless there's police enforcement, you know, law enforcement and, you know, government involved, which obviously doesn't come down to the level of, um, you know, the clubs we all play. It's just scary. There's a. I don't know if there's a, a solution. And you know, the thing about you know, like with Dimebag, you know, that was like a personal assault. You know, we're very. Our I mean, musicians are very easily tracked. You know, our, our whereabouts are online every single day. You know exactly where we're going to be at, at what time. You know, so. It, and and that I think enters a lot of people's minds too. It's it's scary that if somebody is out to gate, you, you, know, it's not hard to find us. You know. it's but I guess it's like that with anybody, you know, if you have a normal 9 to 5 job, people do not leave work, etc. Hopefully it just makes people a little more aware. I don't know, maybe if something ever happens again in a venue, I, I think maybe people will be a little more prepared and maybe be able to evacuate easier. But it's, I mean, just a situation like that when it's, when panic is involved and, you know, it's just something that's really hard to deal with. I couldn't even imagine being in that scenario.
2: Before going on your next European mm-hmm. tour, will you guys consider converting to Islam? Uh, no. I don't think that I was, mean, that's one way to yeah uh, keep, keep things safe. You know? yeah, yeah. I don't that's, know if that will help. <laughs> I'd do it. Are you guys going on? A, do you guys have a European tour scheduled? Has this in any way sort of damaged your ability to to plan that next trip or, or you know, promoters no, scared not, away? Not et really.
3: I mean, we, we kind of have a timeline of when we're going next on this very beginning stages. As far as I know, it hasn't really affected anything. You know, I think the music community is still pushing forward, and, yeah. you know, uh, um, I even know some bands that are over there right now sworn If we were over there right now, I think it would affect, um, I wouldn't want to be there, yeah. personally.
2: When you saw the news, did uh, you, you, the baby mama, like, you know, get on your case about the fact that, you know, you're 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 going to be heading there, type of thing?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things that, on the other end, you know, where she is, it's, it's definitely whenever I leave, and then when... Stuff like this happens. It makes it even scarier, you know. Especially when, when in the day and age when, you know, you hear about planes getting shot down and just you know all this scary shit. So it's it's definitely something that um, scares her as much or more probably than than
1: me. With the young one at home, is that uh, part of why you're doing shorter bursts of of tours like this? Like where you're doing a month out instead of like running for three months in a row? Or
3: well, yeah, we we've you know for the last few years we've kind of been like that. I think it's just part of getting older. Um, we we honestly. We haven't done like a straight I think the last time it was during the Great Misdirect we did a world tour which was like four or five months straight and I mean it, it just it kills you and it, it it makes you not even enjoy what you do. you know, you kinda of get on everyone's case and everybody kinda of gets grumpy and it's just it's tough to do that, you know, and and for us when we're on the road we wanna be as fresh as we can, we wanna be in good moods, we wanna be able to perform well yeah, and then since my son came along it's definitely you know, trying to Trying to balance the two. But I try to, you know, they're actually with me right now. I try to get them on the road with me as, as much as they can. And, oh, cool. you know, they're out with me for a week right now, which is awesome. And, yeah, just trying to, just like anything, just a little more planning and just making the best of every situation.
1: That's pretty cool. Does that, I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be fun. And also, but does it screw up, like, your routine? Or do you have, like, a set thing no, that you not do? Not
3: really. No, I mean, I still, my, my routine is very basic. And, um, you know, I still, you know, sound check every day. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect anything. And he, you know, he's really good about like, sleeping on the bus and so to still get plenty of rest. And um, But, yeah, I mean, they're just not, it's actually nice because most of the day consists of just kind of waiting around, being bored. Yeah. So I actually have purpose during the day. And, you know, we're, we're always trying to, you know, keep him busy and try to have some, do some fun things together. So.
2: How old? Well, you've old.
1: He's, oh, he's yeah. three. He's three? Oh, so that's getting to be yeah. a good age where you can, like, explore and stuff. Like, when, yeah, when you can yeah, go around and check stuff out. That's kind of cool. Yeah,
3: definitely.
2: Well, you explore the van, the bus, you know. <laughs> I mean, the bus should be, like, <laughs> yeah, endless yeah. amounts of fun for a three-year-old.
3: Oh, I know. Yeah, he's, he has a good time, and all the guys are great with him. And you know, he basically has a bunch of friends on tour. You know, he always becomes friends with other bands and all that, too. So it's, it's pretty cool. God,
1: did you ever see yourself uh, just a few years ago, like uh, having a kid on you know, on the bus with you like this? Did you ever think
0: that was going to be a thing? I, yeah,
3: I, yeah, I would have never, you know, if you would have talked to me 10 years ago, I, I never would have thought that. Well, A, I never would have thought we'd be on a bus, but <laughs> having, having a kid on the bus as well. Are,
2: are you together with the baby mama and everything's good?
3: Yeah, yeah, of course.
2: Yep. So was she a fan or was she like a, just somebody in the industry? How did you guys meet? What was the story there?
3: Um, we met through a friend, yeah. Just um, we met years ago, and it, you know, kind of, I guess, remembered each other. And then years later, and when our worlds kind of collided a little bit, it wasn't much more than that. We just kind of started talking and.
2: Went with like a music, with a musician, like as talented as you are, like do do you like whip out the talent before like as soon as you possibly can? Are you like looking for an opportunity to sing in front of her, or no, play piano, or something?
3: No, not at all. Not in the
2: dating process.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, I don't i want somebody that likes me i don't want somebody like you know me because of music or, or what i
2: do well no but you got a you, you got a talent you want to show that you got some talent you yeah, know Yeah, but i, I would I'm look not at it
3: i'm not the kind of guy she she actually explains that i don't have a sin for but i don't know i, I guess that's like I know. Well,
2: at dinner i'd be like ordering ordering my food in in you know in, in <laughs> falsetto
3: or something you know <laughs> i mean i have done little things you know i've, I've I covered a Depeche Mode song. She likes once for her birthday and stuff like that. Um, oh, that's her, a cool move. Though. So little little stuff like that.
2: Oh, dude, that makes Christmas so much easier to get stuff for people. <laughs> you just, like, like, call them up and leave messages and stuff, you know? You're you done. Go.
1: It's it's so weird sometimes when people think about musicians, right? Because you think about it as in you are all encompassed in that it is so part of you, yeah. Do you feel like it's two separate things, like you, like you, music is here, family is here, or there's two parts of you, or is it all the same? Because it sounds like it's almost two parts.
3: I mean, in, in a way, it's two parts. I mean, you have your moments where you're, you know, when I when I'm really creative and I work, I do like to be by, by myself. Um, I do a lot of writing on the road, actually. But I mean, the two are very together, just because of obvious reasons, you know. More, you know, my music does support my family, and, you know, they're they're a big part of my music. I, I guess I never really think about it. You know, it's just when I try to just balance it all. I think anybody that has a, a busy career or a creative career, um, you have to find that balance between, you know, being a good father and being creative, and you know, that's, a, that's a big thing for me. I, I don't want either to and i, I think've i've done a really good job at, at balance balancing both and i'm still being very productive with my music and i i consider myself a very good father so
2: is that a challenge like to, that you need to kind of move with when you get you know hooked up and then you got a kid now there's a whole pattern to your creative process that's been Altered and does that um, take it, it some? Definitely, it
3: definitely has changed um, my writing process, especially. You know, I used to never write on the road, and now I primarily write on the road, and I've actually come to really enjoy it. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the a lot of the day is a lot of sitting around and, and kind of being bored, and and I've struggled with that in the past, just feeling kind of worthless during the day, like I'm wasting my time a lot of times once I started having a schedule where I write on the road, it's really helped add a lot of purpose during the day. And at the end of the day, I feel like I've accomplished something besides playing a show. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm working towards, you know, writing a record. And, you know, so I've really enjoyed it. And then, you know, my writing process at home, you know, it has changed, you know, obviously from when I was single, you know, I could write whenever. And, you know, everything I do is between Brad and me. I still do at home. And you, know, you know, I, I have my my places and my times to go do what I need to do. And, you know, obviously my girl, Jessica, she, you know, she's very, very helpful with uh, helping with our son and, and, and what we need to make it all work, you know, and help me be creative with the band, et cetera. a combination of making it work on your end and then finding somebody that will help you make it work as well.
1: Yeah. One of the cool things too, is a creative parent, the other thing is leading by example, being able to show your children that doing creative things are fun, <laughs> just kind of yeah, le- leading by yeah. example, you know? It's like, that's a yeah, that's a big that's,
3: deal. Yeah, and and, and you know, I'm very fortunate, you know, with the, with the type of band we are. I, I think, you know, our, our crew and the band are, are very good role models. Uh, you know, we're all, I consider, good people, and I think we lead lives that are presentable to a three-year-old, so um, I'm very fortunate to be in that scenario, because, I mean, there's obviously a lot of bands where, you know, the road life is very different, yeah, you know, he's getting to see a lot of the world, he's getting to meet a lot of really interesting people, and, you know, get an experience not a lot of kids get, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for the future, just to see what he throws up
1: with. Do you ever go just, uh, okay, you can hang out with
2: Dan, but watch out for that Paul guy.
3: <laughs> no, not really, everybody, everybody's <laughs> really good <with> him. <laughs>
2: No, you got him hanging out with Dan so that the kid can learn bass, you know, just yeah. in case, you know, like Van yeah, Halen, yeah. you know? yeah just in case we need a bassist you know <laughs> i mean well, it's almost like you could like build like a a like uh uh you know
3: road family if you wanted <laughs> right <laughs> if i didn't mind, yeah
1: let's talk a little bit about uh, about the new record cuz i mean uh okay. it's it, it's awesome congratulations Thank by you. the way uh, yeah. one of the things you had said <laughs> in a recent interview that i think struck me that was kind of crazy was that uh what was it? Let's see if I can quote a little bit of this. Even if people gave up on us at some point period this album you'd like to get the you think that they would reevaluate it if they heard this new record. Do you really think people have left the the BTBAM camp like people are are have abandoned you guys for the ch- like the changes you've made?
3: I mean, I think naturally at some point um you know I think that it's kind of inevitable for any band that's been around you know, a decade plus years and a band like us that's, you know, we've not that we've drastically changed our music, but I mean, it's been a, it's been a very, you know, I feel like back in the day we had more of a hardcore fan base and, you know, a lot of them kind of left once we started doing more experimental things, I guess. Um, And and a lot of things I think, you know, I'll meet a lot of people like that too. They're like, Oh, I used to, I used to listen to you guys but I kind of fell off, you know, this kind of music, you know, naturally a lot of times people just quit listening to that music and, you know, like, oh, when I, and I was introduced to you guys again, you know, so-and-so years later, and, you know, what you're doing now really connects with me in a new way, and, you know, I think that's kind of what I was talking about, and, and I just kind of use it as personal experience. You know, there's a lot of bands, you know, 10 years ago, I would hear, and I was like, yeah, oh, that's not really my thing, I mean, I gotta, and then, you know, I keep hearing, like, oh, this so-and-so band's got a really, their new record's really good, and And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't really remember liking them, but I'll hear it just because I keep hearing new things. And you end up being like, oh, this band has really come a long way. They're doing a lot of cool things. And I I guess I was just kind of categorizing us into that category that we have, you know, I think we still have our initial sound. I I think we still sound like Between the Bear to me. But, you know, we have changed a lot. And I think we hopefully are writing things now that. That can excite some new fans as well as people that that kind of fill off, you know, the type of music that we have been playing or are playing.
1: I just don't want you to think like you know, like feel disappointed that people may have left. You know what I mean? It sounded like no, you were kind of all. like, more... and,
3: and you know, we're not the kind of band that you know. I'm not the I'm not the kind of guy that if like, oh, I don't really dig your band, it's not going to bother me. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody has personal taste. You know, I understand that our music is there's a lot going on. It's not for everyone. You know, I, I can't expect... I mean, I don't think any musician can expect everyone to love their, what they're doing unless they're absolutely out of their minds. Uh, that's what I mean by that. You know, it's not like I'm insulted or anything. I mean, I, you know, obviously, if everybody in the world loved our band, we'd be in a very different place right now. It's not the case. We're very, very lucky, however, with the longevity we have, the fact that we can... You know, this is our job, and that we still making people excited with each release, and, it, and it's still exciting ourselves. You know, I still really enjoy writing music, and I think you know, with every record, it, it's still really exciting for us.
1: And I mean, that's what you know, as an old school fan, that's kind of what I was like going, well, huh? I was like, I, I, I've kind of been along for the ride the whole time, and never, never yeah. backed away, and I've awesome. just seen it sort of grow for you guys over the years. You know,
2: yeah, you guys have got a lot more numbers showing up for shows every time you yeah, put out something
3: new. Oh yeah, it's been it's been all uphill, which is great. And you know we've seen bands come and go. And, you know we're very lucky that we're not in that category. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely in a great place. I feel like every year we're in a better place than last. So um, hopefully that will continue.
1: Yeah, plenty of your contemporaries have uh, kind of fallen by the wayside. So
3: yeah,
2: and so many are not putting out albums like Coma ecliptic oh True. my god freaking uh, amazing <laughs> amazing record i mean and 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 this is the thing it's not only contemporaries but like even bands that you guys would talk about as being you know heroes or or inspirations or whatever those guys never put out albums like coma ecliptic so i mean this is a monumental achievement for you guys
3: well thank you it's, it's hard to look at your own music like that um I'm very proud of the record. I really, I'm. It's the most proud of, I think I've ever been with any of our records. But um, as far as comparing it to anything, that's always tough. But I am, you know, I think we're all in a very good place still with with this record and what we've achieved. I'm excited to see what we do next. Honestly, I think that's one of the fun things about being in this band. You never really know what's next as far as um, the music and. You know, we always kind of surprise ourselves and each other with every record, so, so look did you the, write
2: an album about a one. guy who was sleeping all the time because your kid was keeping you awake all the time? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Probably yeah <laughs> you know,
2: and then on top of it, you got like the the film score that you did and a a bullload of side projects. It just makes the rest of the guys in the band feel jealous and 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 envious, I assume, right. Nah, no.
3: Nah, everybody's got their own stuff, you know. I think we're all, you know, we're all. We all really like to write music, and you know, everybody kind of does. Like Dan, he's got a, a million more projects, and, and I think, I think, doing side stuff, it's great for the band. It's great, you know, because it keeps you busy and it keeps you. Because no matter what you're working on, it makes you better at what you do. You know, I think with every every time you write music, either if it's with the band or with yourself or with other people, it's making you better at your craft and your songwriting in general and you know i think all the side projects i've done and dan's done is it's really helped us individually especially just become better at at, at how we write and you know i know me with the solo stuff it's it's really helped me kind of learn more about my voice and i think that really helped you know with this new record trying to write a little different and feel a little more confident in um, my vocal style and range and all that
1: yeah, I was going to say Are you talking about Your vocal style Or are you talking about Your voice as far as Like lyrically
3: um, I would say Just writing in general You know, yeah, yeah. writing You know, music And, you know, how and Just how I approach This record Is very different As far as vocals go And I, I think a lot of it Is just because I've been busy And kind of learned A lot about myself Hold on a like, hey, second This is glass, We'll break, okay? We'll, we'll play with it later, okay? Sorry
2: Oh, I, I so want to do An interview with your kid <laughs> <laughs> has fatherhood got you thinking about doing like children's music like between the barney and me or something
3: uh not really i i i started writing a children's book of about a year ago that i was going to want to do music for but when i started kind of working on stuff i realized that my mind doesn't really work in that realm mm-hmm. like anything i always Tend to get weird, even when I'm not trying to. <laughs> it doesn't. Really, it's, it's never that happy sounding. <laughs> so Yeah,
2: but the best kid stuff know. is really, really weird, dude. It is true.
0: I mean, the Giants did some cool fuck. stuff. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Who knows? I mean, maybe if the time is right and I have more time in the future. Uh, Maybe something
1: will come of it. But, you know. Let's see. You get with the oh, tree man. escapes, guys, and uh, you know that that that, yeah. that that's kind of that could be that could be weird and cool. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't
2: let jazz guys anywhere near a kids out. That's just never a good idea. <laughs> but but dude, we we talked to to John Baisley last week from Baroness, right? And with his experience mm-hmm. with the bus crash and the whole thing, he's like, man, I come out of that and all I want to do is produce, I want to make stuff, I want to make, I, you know, feel an urgency to, to produce music, and, and, yeah. you know, the the dude from Monster Magnet, uh, uh, Dave Windorf, same thing, after he had his experience, and it's like, I mean, you're producing a lot of stuff, but, like, don't put off an idea, man, just do it, who knows what happens out there on the road? <laughs>
3: oh, I know, I know, I just, I, I mean, trust me, I have a lot on the horizon, but I'm just, You know, it it all goes back to the Bouncing Act, you know. Mm, I got to find times, you know, I have some things I'm trying to do for next year that that's my first priority, you know, aside Mm -hmm. from the obvious between the Bury Me and the family thing. So, um, yeah, but we'll we'll see what happens.
2: Is there any way you could turn Coma Ecliptic into a Broadway or off-Broadway production? (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm actually kind of serious because it's a really well-crafted story that... (laughs) You know, could you could turn into something else, you know? I mean, you guys are already doing I mean, the full I albums somebody, on tour.
3: I think if somebody, you know, presented the idea to me that actually works in that world and, and they could write something, I would definitely be open to working. Because mm-hmm. I think I could get the vision across, but I wouldn't have a clue, know how to... Transform one into the
1: other. Yeah, I mean, if they could make the American Idiot into one, they could, uh, I mean, this is a hell of a yeah. better story. <laughs> do you
2: sit down, though, when you're, when you're, do you sort of craft the story, like, uh, sort of written out before you even start putting the story together in terms of lyrics for the songs?
3: Yeah, I do a lot of drafting and, and kind of get timelines together. Because most of the time, a lot of the music's already done, or we at least kind of have an idea of where certain musical pieces we have written are going to go. Um, within the story so you know my job once I kind of get a basic idea for the story I kind of like try to plan out where certain events are going to happen in the record and, and then kind of work from there you know so a lot of it is getting a plan together before I even write a word um, of actual lyrics
2: when they come up with the music or you come up with the music are you doing what a lot of the singers seem to do where you're like just sort of you know singing out fruits and you know anything that pops in your mind stream of consciousness and you're or just uh, uh, you know uttering things into the trying to find the melodies in the songs and then sort of find the lyrics that happens out of that or is it vice versa
3: yeah yes and no i mean a lot, most of this record actually wrote a lot of it i wrote in my car A lot of times, what I do is I'll I'll get a demo of music, and let's say I get a song like we have a song finished, and I sit down with it. You know, I always kind of have like, okay, this is what's happening in the song. You know, what what this is what I need to achieve as far as the story goes in the song, and you know, I'll just honestly listen through it, uh, you know, and, and get ideas that naturally come to me first. I always like to go with first instincts and and what you know naturally comes to me. I do a lot of voice note recording just so I don't forget things. Um, either it be melodies or a lot of times I'll be writing at the same time. You know, I'll be writing lyrics with melodies and you know, it's kinda hard, you know, a lot it, it all really differs from song to song and, you know, I kinda just do what I do. I don't really it's not I'm not really thinking about what I'm doing. It's just it's a process that works for me. And then I kinda go from there, I listen back to you know, after I write a lot of lyrics, I always kind of like sit for a little bit, look, go back to it, kind of listen to my voice notes, see what works, what doesn't work, and then from there, I'll will start demoing vocals. You know, at home um, with lyrics, and and then I'll go from there after I record that, and you know, see what works and doesn't work. You know, it's it's like basically revision after revision until you're in a place where um, you're, you you feel good about the lyrics and what you're doing with vocals and sometimes you know even if a part's not exactly how you want you're like okay this part it could go this way or that way i'll worry about it in the studio and we'll mess with it in the studio and i'll figure <laughs> out what what's going to work and what isn't but um i like to get we all like to get everything pretty much done before we get in the studio uh, you know we did a lot of extensive pre-production i would say most of our time-consuming work is done before we we ever enter the studio. And then when we go in the studio, it's very smooth and very um easy. It. It's fun.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say when my kid was really young I spent a lot of time alone in my car as well. But,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I was crying the entire time. Rocking actually. back and forth. You <laughs> know. Yeah. A bit of that. Uh, that all sounds like so much more I mean you you make it sound relatively easy, but that has got to be just one of the most difficult things in the world to do to combine storytelling and awesome melody, and, and, you know, everything all, and and do it alone.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, I mean, I, I th- maybe from an outside perspective, it seems like a lot or, or something that's very difficult, but I don't know, it, it's something that, it just feels normal to me. I, you know, there's never, I mean, there are times that I'm stressed, but it's not because of that. It'd be stressed because I'm like, oh, I'm not, I feel like, like I'm not confident in a section or I'm not confident in a song, Um but it's never, there's never a time that I'm, I'm stressed out from something being difficult. And, you know, in the whole storytelling, um, even lyrics in general, I was, you know, I was kind of thrown into it when we started, started this band. You know, I, I came, I was in a band with Paul, I played guitar, so uh, you know, I was a guitarist and I'd sung with a band in high school, but I, since then I hadn't really. And, you know, as far as lyrics, it was just kind of a learning curve for me. I was just, figuring it out as i go. And then when we started writing more extensive songs, more theatrical songs that kind of called for storylines that, you know, fit the music well, it, you know, it was something I just kind of stumbled into and I just figured out as i go. And, you know, this and the Parallax, you know, the Parallax was the first actual Palm Chips record. We really, it was fun for me. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of organization, a lot of time consuming. You know, it's very, I, I have little OCD tendencies and I like organization and it it kind of, It makes writing kind of roll into that, and you know, I actually enjoy that. And it's, um, I don't know, it's something that I work really well with. I'm very visual when I hear music anyway, so you know, it's very easy for me to hear music and have a storyline in my head and visualize what I think is happening during the story at that moment
1: a lot of creative people at some point get to a point where they have like writer's block or whatever. Do you, I mean, do you ever feel like there's, is it like stress that brings that sort of thing out for you, everything else that's going on or is that part of the function of like having those side projects and trying to just keep that flow
3: going? It's kind of hard to pinpoint. I mean, there's definitely a point, you know, I I either feel creative or I don't. You know, I'm trying to think after, I would say the last, maybe four or, or probably, I went about four or five months where I just didn't feel like writing and it's, I just didn't feel creative, and but it wasn't a problem. I, you know, I we had just finished the new record. You know, I did that score. I did you know a new solo record, and so I was in a place where I was like, I don't technically need to be really doing anything right now. You know, we have a lot of touring coming up. And I just knew if I start writing, it'd be forced. It, it didn't. I didn't feel inspired, and it was actually kind of nice to. Not worry about writing for a second, but it, it it wasn't stress related or anything. I just knew that I really didn't know what I wanted to do next yet, and you know maybe a month ago I started to kind of get the itch, and I started getting a plan of like, okay, you know I have these ideas, I think I can do this with it it's and now I kind of have you know the next year planned out, so yeah. now I have something to work towards well yeah, after you have
1: climb a mountain like Coma Ecliptic you don't want to go and you know climb Everest after that you know it's
3: like, yeah oh. yeah. I mean it was it was it was a lot of work you know it was, it was a lot to do and you know once that was done and we were very happy with it you know I, I did want to just kind of sit down for a second and hang out <laughs> <laughs>
1: Take a deep breath
2: you know go yeah. on, go on a merry-go-round or something with the kid and yeah be good all right go well on. if if you're you know trying to write and be creative while you're on the road, has any of these events that we've been talking about the bus accidents and the shootings etc been a, a, a made it more challenging to be creative while
3: you're touring no not really well I mean all I those two events are very, you know very new we've we've only been on the road. You know, a couple of weeks now, and I honestly haven't really written much this tour, but, um, I have some stuff I need to do, you know, before it's over, and, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really affected that at all, I would say. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess in a, in a weird way, it makes you want to be more productive, because it's like, a, I I mean, shit can happen anytime, and you want to, you, know, you want to leave your creativity behind, and you want to, I don't know. I think a lot about, you know, music's going to last a lot longer than that. So uh, I'd like to, you know, try new things and, and and leave behind, hopefully, some sort of legacy that was unique in its own way.
1: Are you happy see with that's... your legacy so far?
2: Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, like, I, I yeah, I'm I'm now that a coma ecliptic is out, I'd be like, okay, everybody, that's it, I'm done, see ya, <laughs> you know?
3: <laughs> I, I'm weird, but I'm I'm kind of superstitious when it comes to that, honestly. I, you know, I've never, I don't like, I guess I've never verbally really talked about it, but yeah, I, I like always having something on the horizon because I feel like if I don't have something, something that is, you know, bad me or something, I don't know, I'm weird like that. Like, I like to have, okay, I got these goals in the future, let's let's get those done. Because I don't want to, the moment where it's like, okay, this is, Coleman Cliff was awesome, um, that's it. I don't want to write any more music like that. I just, I don't, I don't work like that.
1: Yeah. Some people view a goal as something that you push toward. Other people look at it as something that pulls you toward it.
3: Well, I think a lot of okay. creative types are too, once you, you know, once you start working on something, you know, it's kind of in your head, you're always kind of anxiously wanting to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good, it's not an anxious, like a negative feeling. It's You know, you're excited to see because mm-hmm. a lot of the writing I do and a lot of the writing the band does is, You never know where it's going to go, and I think that's always exciting.
2: And you guys are kind of parallel playing when you're writing,
3: Um, as far as just how we
2: write. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, I mean, mean, we all write. I would say most of the time we write on our own more than not. Um, And then, you know, it really depends on the record or the song. It all varies. But yeah, we write a lot on our own before we even start getting up as a band. And you know, it's a lot of you know sharing across. You know, the internet and, um, you know, working with, you know, other members of the band to create other things um, off of something, someone's written, et cetera. But yeah, I would say this record was more song-based, um, where in the past a lot of stuff was like, oh, we got these riffs, how do we get these riffs to work together? Where this record was more like, okay, this, this person wrote, you know, half of this song, you know, I think this will work with... This that someone else wrote, or or maybe even someone wrote a whole song, and you know how do we tweak this song to make it work for the record or for the band? And it's just a lot of a lot of teamwork and you know figuring out how we go. There's a handful a, of
2: it, hurt feelings, I imagine too, eh?
3: No, no, not really. I mean, I think in the past there was moments, but you know we, we've gotten to the point now where we're old enough and mature enough to know that you know the end goal is to write the best music possible. It's not. There's, there's no egos Egos there.
2: Is this the lineup yeah. that you guys will have for the rest of time? I mean, you guys have got 10 years yeah. now you're celebrating together.
3: Yeah, uh, I definitely think so. Yeah, cool. yeah awesome. I, can't, I can't imagine you know, any, anyone else being with us.
1: Well, Tommy, it sounds like you got uh, got, got a few
2: things going on there
1: in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
2: can, can I ask you a real quick question before we let you go, though? Of course. All right, cool. So, so like, like, uh, you know, when we talked to Paul Masvidal from Cynic, you know, he's like, Oh, yeah, we kept on hearing about how between the buried me are talking about us. And then we decided to reunite. And then we talked to Sean Reiner and uh, recently, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and that was the day that he was uh, uh, leaving the band. So, A, what are you guys going to do to get them back together? <laughs> uh, since you guys are responsible for getting them back together the first time, and then and then B, are, are you taking any requests for other broken up Prague metal bands that we would like to see return? Uh, you know, perhaps in their stead.
3: I don't know. I know I, it was, the weird thing about that it, it really took me by surprise as well. I mean, obviously, you know, life's always a lot different behind closed doors. Um, you know, we've we've toured with them, and you know, at that point, every everything seemed to be great, but. Yeah, I'm not really sure what happened with all that. I think, I mean, those dudes have been playing together for a long time. They've done, you know, who knows all the obstacles that have been there. So, um, you know, either something works or it doesn't. And, you know, I think you you either know if you should be in that moment or not. And I, I guess that's what they decided to do. And um, as far as other bands, I mean, God, who knows, man? Will you take a request? Sure. What are your
2: requests? Yeah, all right. So, so, so Metal Blade had a band called Thought Industry years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with
3: them. I, I've heard of that band. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really familiar with music that I've heard. No, I remember.
2: They, they, you got to check them out because they're doing the concept albums and stuff, too. It's uh, cool. you know, freaking awesome. But, you know, you know, listen to it and then get them back together for me if you don't mind. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make some
2: I'll make
1: some calls <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, Tommy, it's uh congratulations again on coma ecliptic. it's uh awesome and uh and uh, you know get home and take care of that kid all right man
0: Thanks, guys you teach what i uh-huh. Sucks podcast today.
1: Metal Slicks Podcast this week is uh, presented by FYE. It gets some of the best new metal releases of the year, including Slayers Repentless, between the Bear Me's Coma Ecliptic and the Black Dahlia Murders Abysmal for as low as nine ninety nine. For a full listing of on-mail metal, on-sale, me, me, on-sale metal releases, visit FYE.com slash metal. Metal Slicks Podcast yeah. also brought to you by Creative Live. Oh, yes, of course. Check out our friends at Creative Live. Classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists, like Between the Bear They're everywhere, man. Converge, Periphery, uh, Dillinger Escape, creativelive.com slash audio. If you want to learn more and watch some free previews, I suggest you do so, man.
2: That song can, right can there. Can I just make a recommendation what, real what, quick? What's like that? both, both of those are great places to go for your holiday shopping for all of your friends and family. Cause like a class off of Creative Live, you give that to somebody it if you're interested in music, photography, whatever it is. It, it's a class like that, like honest to God, it can change somebody's life. I had that happen for, for me. Like I, at one point I gave my brother, I, I gave him a, a class on, on something he kind of had a kind of sort of interest. He, he's made it half of his career now and makes money off of it and the whole thing. And it's, it, you know, that was like almost like seven years ago. And, you know, he, he may hate me for a ton of reasons, but he remembers that <laughs> gift, you know? <laughs> Understandably.
1: <laughs> I hate you for many reasons, too, but I also love you, Galas. I do. Oh, uh, we forgot to backsell the song, man. Uh, Pyramids was the name of that song, the second song we played oh, right there. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can get the entire title out here. I have four sons, all named for men we lost to war. Yeah, yes, is that so right? Okay, all right.
2: Yeah, that's it. And the, the album's called A Northern Meadow. We'll, I'll talk about it a little more next week when we do the whole best of the year list because I think you and I... W- as usual, won the internet with the best, best of lists. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean... I mean, mine was number one. Yours number two, but I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, three years in a row, you finish in second. I think there's nothing to (sighs) nothing uh, to be ashamed of, right? Yeah, yeah. This album is freaking great, man. And it's and uh, I I hope it isn't as criminally underlooked as I was concerned that it might be. I have no idea what people are listening to, but it's like this, like it's got these shifts of riffs where they. You remember, like last week when we're talking to the uh, the dude from Baroness, right? Basically, talking about how early Baroness, like the song. Would never really circle back round. They would always yeah. go in different Linear. directions. That's what, yeah, that's what what pyramids is doing. But they're doing it in this sort of very post black metal. You know,
1: but oh, it's so good, freaking good! Well, uh, definitely next week uh, it, it will be our last episode of the year because then we kind of go on Christmas break, and we always like to do the best of twenty fifteen in that last day episode. Yeah, you know, well, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holiday, whatever, whatever holiday. All right, fine, godless Jesus. Oh wait, no, not not Jesus. Whatever that other son of a bitch. I don't know what to say anymore. Holiday break. <laughs> (laughs) Just
2: remember who signs the checks, dudes. Those guys ain't celebrating Christmas either, Uh, so come on. Hey, man.
1: You need to be a little more sensitive. As long as I get some time off, I don't give a shit who I'm (laughs) celebrating, man. Fuck. It's a Christmas tree in my house. Uh, But uh, we take a holiday break for a couple of weeks and then we get back to it in 2016 so the, the last episode of the year we like to cover our list our top 15 so we'll play a couple of extra songs in next week's episode uh, some of the some of the stuff we both can agree on because I think there's a few songs that uh, in our list that we can definitely agree on and a few others that you know there's a difference of opinion and man I was looking at your list and there are a few that I was like shit
2: oh,
0: shit! I needed to do it. damn it.
2: Ah oh, shit! I needed to include this. Oh, why didn't I? math next year our top 15s ought to have 25 on <laughs> them. You know what I mean? Because uh, <laughs> that's what it feels like every year. Is like, oh my god, I'm missing so many. But then I don't know who I got to get rid of to put something else on.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and you know, though I'll, I'll tell, I'll say about this year though. It was definitely it always it did feel like um there wasn't as much you know like as much to say. I didn't feel like there when I was looking at decibels top 40. I was going, what? Okay. We're stretching on a few of these going, no, no, not even, I don't know. There's not, there wasn't 40. I'd say there's probably 20. So I feel like I missed maybe five that, that were, Oh shit. I really wish I would have put that on my list kind of thing. Like, I feel bad that I didn't put the Ken mode record on my list because like that, like that, that record is fucking phenomenal, but I just didn't include it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, damn, damn. It was like, it was a close 16. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah, Uh, there's a lot of those. So we'll discuss that next week, too.
2: Yeah, my notepad had, like, seven other albums that I was trying desperately to jam into the top 15, and I just couldn't do it. You could have taken the good tiger between the time, man. That would have been fine. No way. Fuck yeah. Between the Buried Me Me album is definitely, like, that 16, 17, like, Mm -hmm. right there. And you know what? Maybe over time, like, there will be an album or two that I'll just, you know, sort of, like... You know, I've, i have me and that album had sex so many times. I know all the positions that she's interested in. So you know, I'm looking for something new. And there's between the buried me and you know, but we actually start to click. You know, and and you know, it, it it's it's all good. Yeah, Long term relationship you know, kind of works.
1: Went to lunch a couple you know? of times and started hanging out a little more. You know, next thing you know, yeah. one thing led to another, and you know, got one in the pink, one in the stink Yeah, right, man. It's pretty cool. Right. uh. Dude,
2: I I don't do that to any of the albums that I
0: like.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're a better man than I am. I know that for sure. Uh, Terrible, terrible. All right, let's wrap this podcast up, man, uh, before we get even more risque. It's a
2: fun one, man. Uh, Good
1: times. Thanks to uh, Tommy Rogers for being our guest this week. We appreciate it, man, Uh, as we wind down 2015. Uh dude awesome and we have got some cool stuff coming up in uh, 2016 for sure so make sure that dude. you are subscribed to this podcast
2: dude
1: I mean we got yeah now I don't even want to get into no mention no <laughs> no no Yeah, we get yeah. yeah. Until uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. Make sure you're subscribed. That way, you don't even have to worry about it. Whenever we do something special, it's going to come right to your device. Uh, If it's Stitcher, if it's iTunes, get it there. You can also get it, of course, MetalSucks.net every single Monday. That's when we like to post this damn podcast. So make sure you're there, and you can uh, you know download it directly. You can listen to it on the website. You can stream it on your mobile device. Whatever you want to do, it there. Leave us a comment. Maybe tell us that we suck. A couple of stars. Tell your friends about it. And find us on social media. I am at Bearded
2: Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook.
1: And of course you can find us at chuckandgodless.com that will be our Patreon page. You go there and you can uh, help support us. We appreciate that. We're going to be adding a few things to that uh, as well as some little Chuck extras and Godless and, on
2: Instagram. Oh, that's too,
1: right. Dude. dude, I keep forgetting about the Instagram. I've been updating. I've posted pictures of DRI the
2: other night. Yeah. Oh, sweet. You saw DRI? I saw Tesseract and I saw DRI in the same night. Wow. And I'll tell no, there was a contortionist and stuff all <laughs> like on that show too. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you this. Awesome. Tesseract one of the best shows I've seen all
1: year. Holy shit, Dan Tompkins is amazing. Just just putting that out there before you end the show.
2: Because <laughs> that was... Dude, dude, well, I've... I, I all I got to say is like 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 all I want to do is I want to hear all about it. So like we might need to keep on recording but let's throw that on Patreon. Well
1: something. actually, you know what? Since we're doing the best of 2015 next next week, we'll we'll throw that in the mix as far as a couple of live shows that mm. we went to that we were, thought were amazing this year. So how about we do that? It'll be our that sounds good. our roundabout best of. So make sure you are subscribed and uh, you hit us up there until next week. I am Chuck. I'm godless and this is the Metal Sucks podcast.